This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. This is our special contribution to the Good For Her podcast. I'm Livia Rappaport. And I'm Gabby Locke. And we're here to talk about period horror. Specifically, the movie Ginger Snaps. Yes. Now, when we say period horror, we don't mean like a period piece. We mean horror about periods. Menstruation, puberty, adolescence, and the likes. Yes. So I will say that when we got together to talk about this podcast for the first time, we talked about it for maybe five minutes before we watched the movie Dick. The 1999 classic starring Michelle Williams and Kirsten Dunst. Which I have to, I had never even heard of this movie before watching it. And it changed my life. (laughs) It's an incredible movie and I force everybody I know to watch it. As you should. And it's relevant. It is... More than anything, absolutely a good for her movie. Mm-hmm. For anyone who's listening who doesn't know, Dick is about um, what if uh, Watergate was discovered by uh, two teenage girls played by Kirsten Dunst and Michelle Williams. Olivia doesn't really know history. She means what if Deep Throat of the Watergate scandal was two teenage girls instead of Mark Fells. <laughs> I feel like I was close enough. Yeah, sure. But it is relevant to Ginger Snaps, which is the film that we're going to be talking about today, mm-hmm. because... Much like how Ginger Snaps is like, what if uh, someone turned into a werewolf because they got her first period and it's a metaphor for adolescence, this is what if um, you're a teenage girl learning about love and life and you accidentally discover a political scandal. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, Ginger Snaps focuses on the internal horrific uh, elements of coming of age in a female body, whereas... Dick takes a more social and um, like comical view of that subject, but they're all they're both dealing with the same material. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which not that Ginger Snaps doesn't have its comedic moments. I think the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life is the scene where the guy um, who got bit by a werewolf and is transforming just starts pissing blood and screaming. Yeah. It's very entertaining. <laughs> um, if you have not seen Ginger Snaps, we will be spoiling it in this podcast. Um, So if you care about spoilers, you should watch it first. Yes. So for anyone who's never seen it. Ah! Sorry. What the fuck just happened? (laughs) What was that? I thought it would be a cute bit. (laughs) Okay. No, we're working with an auditory medium and I like bits, so... (laughs) So for anyone who's never seen Ginger Snaps, I keep expecting you to do it again. <laughs> it's gonna be the whole the rest of the time we're doing this. I'm just gonna be like, is she gonna is she gonna yeah, screw me? Part of the bit. <laughs> so now you know it's possible. <laughs> so for anyone who's never seen Ginger Snaps, Ginger Snaps is a Canadian film from t- the year 2000, which follows teenage sisters Bridget and Ginger after Bridget gets bit by a werewolf shortly after getting her first period. And the two no, girls... No, Ginger gets bit by a werewolf. Did I say Bridget? I did say Bridget. Ginger gets... <laughs> Ginger gets bit by a werewolf. And the two girls have to deal with simultaneous puberty and lycanthropy. Well, Ginger has to deal with... Uh, the simultaneous uh, lycanthropy, lycanthropy and uh, puberty. Well, Bridget has to deal with having a sister who's going through that. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
to get into Ginger Snaps, I think it's important to talk about why Ginger Snaps was so revolutionary for movies about teen girls. And to go into that, you have to talk about Carrie first. The original period horror. The original period horror. And I love Carrie. Like, I love the aesthetic of it. I love the atmosphere of it. The actual story I hate, which is yeah. speaks to I hate Stephen King, but I love Brian De Palma. Mm-hmm. Um, because Carrie, a lot of people see it as, like, a feminist thing because it's like, oh, she gets her revenge against the bullies and, like, her period is, like, empowering. But Carrie is not about, like, Carrie. Like, the horror of it comes to, like, other people being scared of Carrie. And she's very passive throughout the throughout the entire movie. Yeah, she doesn't really make any decisions for herself. Yeah, and even in the prom scene, like, she is, it's very much like she's not at all in control of what's happening. It's just kind of is happening and it's not really her decision to get back at the bullies yeah and like teenage girls being reduced to over emotional messes is something that happens often and is not particularly feminist yeah and it's even more so in the book it's um like the book it's halfway told through like news articles and letters and that kind of thing about carrie's life so it's really like she is a monster Mm -hmm. and it's not super fun and i think Ginger Snaps differs from Carrie then because it's about Ginger's own, like, internal struggle of her own body. Yeah. And the horror is, like, the abject terror of her trying to come to terms with her identity as a woman and as a werewolf. You really see that choice, especially at the end of Ginger Snaps, with um, uh, Ginger's sister, Bridget, first... uh, voluntarily becoming a werewolf and then also the ambiguity of whether or not she takes the cure by being left on the like the knowledge that she could take it but she might not it really leaves you with the feeling that it is her decision it is the teenage girl's decision about what happens to her yeah and i a major theme of the movie is that like you know puberty can be scary for men and women but i think what a lot of guys don't understand with puberty horror is that it's like you once you hit puberty you no longer own your own body Mm -hmm. it feels like it belongs to other people and you see that now a lot with like laws about you know abortion and birth control but then even in ginger snaps you see that um once ginger you know gets her period and starts you know her body's evolving the guys start looking at her and being like oh she's so hot and like i want to take her out Mm -hmm. and then even uh like how you're your own body changes the way men look look at you, but it also changes the way women look at you with, like, the school bullies, like, first thinking Ginger and Bridget are just weird and then having a specific problem with Ginger and calling her, like, a slut and stuff. They do call her a slut. Yeah. But then, in their defense, she does kill her. (laughs) She kills her dog, and Mm -hmm. then the... the, Ginger kills the bully's dog. The dog is, like, her first victim. Yeah. And then the bully's like, what'd you do to my dog? And then she fully kills her. Yeah. So she's not a good person. No, I'm not arguing that she's a good person. <laughs> no. I'm arguing that, um, like, yeah, when, when, like, girls go through puberty, it changes the way everybody looks at you. Yeah. yeah. And I think another major difference between Ginger Snaps and Carrie is that Carrie's main thing is she wants to be like other girls. She wants to fit in. Mm-hmm. And throughout Ginger Snaps, the whole thing is just that like they do not want to fit in. Ginger and Bridget, they want to be different. The movie opens, well, the movie opens with um, a very, montage, right? no. no, it actually, it opens with a, well, like a, one of the neighborhood moms finding her dog mauled right. by the werewolf. And it's, 
completely over the top and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like there's like a crash zoom and like the mom is just screaming. It's very fun. Then the next scene is Ginger and Bridget in their bedroom. And Ginger has the line, wrists are for girls. No, she goes, wrists are for girls. I'm slitting my throat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is horribly morbid, but speaks to how they do not want to, f- it really, it introduced you to the way that these characters do not want to fit in. They don't want to be like other girls. Um, and then we have the suicide montage, mm-hmm. which is so fun. It's not even suicide. Sometimes it's just death. Like death, I, the one yeah. that sticks out to me is the one of, uh, I think it's, Ginger, like, on the fence and, yeah. like, giving the middle finger to the, to the camera. That's so fun. Uh-huh. I would have loved to reenact that for my graduation photos. That would have been fun. Yeah. And then even right before she gets her period, Ginger goes, if you see me simp- simping around tampon dispensers and moaning about PMS, you should shoot me. And then immediately after, she gets bitten by a werewolf. Yeah. There's a scene later when they're buying tampons and Bridget is like, are you sure this is just cramps? Because they weren't sure if, like, what... They can't tell what is werewolf and what is just getting your period. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a scene in the bathroom when Ginger starts bleeding all over the floor. And it's, like, not that much blood for a period. But they go to the nurse and they're like, it was a lot of blood because they think it's the werewolf stuff. And the nurse is like, no, it's completely normal. And they're like, what about hair growing in places it wasn't before? Yeah. And they're talking about, like, Ginger, like, fully growing hair on her, like, shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, but the nurse is like, no, like, that's perfectly normal. So screenwriter Karen Walton, when she was writing the script, she was like, oh, periods are different and they're different for for all women and there's so much, like, thoughts about, like, what it should be and what it what you want it to be and I think it's really fun that, like, she, her period is, and it's, is so unexpected because she's also turning into a werewolf. Yeah. When I was around, like, 12, my mom gave me the little red book. I don't know if you got this, but <laughs> it's not. yeah, it was this it was literally a little red book that had a bunch of women's first period stories. Oh my god. And it was kind of like my first like introduction to like people all have weird experiences with their period and um none of them included a werewolf biting them. <laughs> um no. not yet at least. <laughs> <laughs> I think my introduction to periods was there was this site called New Moon Girls mm-hmm. and it was like a website of like girls like 8 to 13 and it was like you could post stories and photography and writing and there was like message boards and there was also like a magazine that came out once a month and I like my advice to someone made it into the magazine Ooh. and I was like I'm a published writer <laughs> <laughs> but there were on the message boards people would like estimate like when you were going to get your first period like you would put mm. in like everything that your body was doing and people re- would reply like what your your period is going to be so it like the normal girl version of periods is like you want to get it because you all your friends have it and you're like well I haven't had it yet whereas Ginger and Bridget are like I don't want to get it I don't mm-hmm. want to be a girl I want to stay young forever well yeah and I don't even know if it's about staying young forever for me it was just like a complete rejection of their own bodies about how yeah. they they hated the fact that they had to look like other people and they had like the same form as other people so like the fact that their body was going to do the normal things when they were so trying so hard to not be normal was like totally unacceptable to them yeah and i think and the the werewolf then like, it just, it brings that same experience, like, mm-hmm. around. Yeah. Because Ginger then, once she gets her period, all of a sudden she does, like, want to be like other girls. hmm She, you know, starts hooking up with guys, mm-hmm. and she is, like, is, you know, simping around tampon dispensers and yeah. talking about how bad period cramps are. 
but she's also turning into a werewolf, and that's absolutely horrifying to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, it changes from the horror of just your body being normal to the horror of your body being abnormal, and they both represent the same thing, and it's interesting how they equate the two, and they kind of bring them together as being the same thing. We're, so really what Ginger and Bridget want in the beginning is stasis. So this movie spawned like a whole cycle of what I call menstruosity movies that are basically movies with the same themes of being a teenage girl and comparing puberty and coming of age uh, with monstrosity. And a lot of these movies are also written written or directed by women. Um, so that's Blew My Mind and Raw and Jennifer's Body and even movies like Teeth and Excision. And I think a lot of the things that you see in Ginger Snaps are carried into those movies. And it's a shift from Carrie from where from where it started, where like Ginger Snaps kind of turned the wheel to make it more about the monstrous woman and like actually be her story. Yeah. And I think something else in Ginger Snaps is Ginger Snaps has a very queer following Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of people read Ginger and Bridget's relationship as like a lesbian relationship they're like what if like like yeah they're related but it's also like if you take out the part that they're related they're just like two girls who are very committed to each other who only hang out with each other and are hated by the rest of the school which a lot of people can read as like a lesbian relationship and there's also a scene in the movie with which completely ran over my head the first time I watched it um, which is after Ginger kills the janitor and she's like halfway turned into a werewolf and Bridget is like, what have you done? This is like, oh my God. And Ginger is like, we're almost not even related anymore. And she's like fully flirting with Bridget. Yeah. And it's not subtle. Yeah. And so I think that that's also another thing that like a lot of like queer people are attracted to this movie is in that like, you know, Ginger starts doing all these cool things when she starts turning into a werewolf where she, you know, starts doing drugs and hooking up with guys. And like one of the things that is included with that is um, being queer, unfortunately, incestually. But I think that that's something that is carried into the rest of these films, like Jennifer's Body, very famously queer following. Um, uh, Amanda Seyfried and Megan Fox make out in it. They do indeed make out in it. I'm sorry if I pronounced Seyfried's last name wrong. I don't know how to pronounce it. And that's okay. You would think for someone who's seen Mamma Mia as many times as you have, it's, you would know. Listen, they don't say her name in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's written. That does not help me at all. I'm sorry. Um, teeth. I don't know. That's about like... Teeth is about vagina dentata. Yes. But it's also about, like, the fear of vagina, which is kind of gay. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll take that. Um, and- I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> I don't know that it does, but I'll take it. Okay. Uh, but it blew we can my- cut that out. <laughs> blew my mind has a similar thing to Jennifer's body where... Um, she kisses her best friend and then excision, which is one of my all time favorite movies, um, is about, you know, having pleasure from a thing that other people find horrific, which is very queer in and of itself. So I think it's interesting that, you know, ginger snaps really set the stage for the rest of these movies. So why we picked ginger snaps as a good for her movie was because we really feel like ginger doesn't necessarily succeed in the movie at all. She hates where she is at the beginning. Well, I guess she's she's fine with where she is at the beginning of the movie. She's happy enough. But then without her 
consent, her body has to change, and then she gets bitten by a werewolf, and all she wants is to be normal, and she's never as okay as she is in the beginning of the movie, and then at the end she dies. So, like, it doesn't really feel like a good-for-her movie in the Wikipedia description of it. Right, but I think that, like, the good-for-her is there's such a liberating feeling of acknowledging the conflicting feelings of ad- adolescence of being like I don't want to be like other girls but also I want to be exactly like other girls. Yeah. And I think also there is good for her moments in you know the scene where she hooks up with the guy who is like completely sexualizing her and like mm-hmm. kind of being a bully. She hooks up with not only does she hook up with him but she also bites him and turns him into a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Um and then he's just horrified at his own body the rest of the movie which is so fun. Yeah, and I think it's also interesting that it's the subversion of the typical trope and the typical like like, just general narrative, which which is teen sex ruins women's bodies. It's it's a man's body get that gets ruined by teen sex. Because it's not, like, usually what you think of, the, the consequence is a teen girl gets pregnant and her her body is permanently ruined. But in this one, the, the teens have sex and the boy becomes a werewolf and, in fact, starts, like, his punishment is basically having the symptoms of being a teenage girl, yeah, where he, he pees blood. He pees blood, and then he gets, like, blisters all over his mm-hmm. face. Like, Ginger only gets prettier. Mm-hmm. Like, th- her, throughout her entire transformation, she just starts get, she just gets prettier and has one of, like, the all-time best, like, slow-motion walk through oh, a high school. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think that you can beat that. Whereas the guy who gets bit by a werewolf... Um, he pees blood and gets his face is covered in blisters. He's not pretty at yeah. all. And I think that that's, you know, good for her that she just gets hotter with more werewolf she gets. Yeah. Um, but there's also, there's a difference in this movie from other werewolf movies, whereas we're like, Ginger, she doesn't just turn into a werewolf in the moon. Mm-hmm. Like, the werewolf... It's not it's, related to the moon. Yeah, it's just a one-time... Um, Slow transition. Yeah. Which is interesting, because... The, your period cycles with the moon, and werewolves usually do, but right. they well, threw that out the window. For well, but I th- that because I think what Karen Walton was trying to do was make it more like puberty, and like when you hit puberty, your body changes forever. You can't go back to being a kid. Yeah, um, so it's it's this very intentional uh, shift from the lore. It's not like oh, this just makes a better story. It's in fact, very purposefully full for what they're trying to say right. with the movie. But they don't completely ignore the full moon stuff. Like, in the beginning, she, Jin, when Bridget is, like, figuring stuff out, she's like, you were bitten on a full moon. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, It they it, they don't ignore the moon. No, they don't ignore it, but it's not, her change isn't dictated by it. It's, right. Her change, like, starts happening, and then, like, it's it can't be stopped except for this cure, which... She doesn't end up. The only taking. person who takes the cure is the guy. Is the guy, yeah. <laughs> and possibly Bridget, if you count the sequels as canon. Oh, or so does she, she take it in the sequel? I don't think she does. I don't think she does. Okay, so then just the guy. <laughs> I've never seen the sequels. <laughs> Me neither. I hear they're not bad. Okay. <laughs> I we can consider another Cinderella story as a pseudo sequel. That's fair. Because it has both the sisters playing the, the evil stepsisters. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know which one came first. No, this had to come first. Yeah. Selena Gomez was not in Disney in the 90s. Yes. I was. I remember when another Cinderella story came out, and I don't remember when Ginger Snaps came out. <laughs> well, I don't even... We were barely born. Yes, that's my point. <laughs> yeah. 
The drug dealer is an interesting character. He is because he's. You keep kind of expecting him to be a love interest of mm-hmm. Bridget, Bridget, and he never is. You also simultaneously expect him to either get become a worse person or a better person. Yeah, but he's just kind of like fine. Yeah, he has very Christian Slater in Heather's vibes. So you keep at least I kept oh, thinking like him. like not in terms of his actual actions, but like just vibes. Vibes, yeah, yeah. the way he looks. He looks just like him, but he mm. just doesn't. And then the funniest thing to me is the scene when Bridget like, they're all in the greenhouse, and Bridget is saying, like, oh, he just wants to get into your pants, and then she leaves. And then he looks at, uh, no fucking... Ginger, Ginger! says he just wants to get into your pants. Ginger says he just wants to get in your pants and leaves, and then he looks at Bridget and he goes, I do not think of you that way. Yeah. And it's like, and she just rolls her eyes and says, yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one was thinking of you that way, which I think is really fun of the movie to like just to, to not at all have a love interest. Mm hmm. And they kind of, they like sort of, set him up to be through exclusively expectations from previous movies. Like, they don't do anything to actually set that up, but they might. Oh, wait, does he die in the end? Yeah, he does die. Yeah, so good for her. I mean, he wasn't, like, a bad guy, no. so... Yeah, I guess he does help. Yeah, he, he's more helpful, but I guess I'm not he's pro not, like, murder. a hero, but I'm... he's also not, like, a villain. He's just yeah. fine. Well, but I think that's part of the fun, is watching guys die. yeah. In horror movies, I think that's I think part of what makes a good for her movie is that I think men have to die. Yeah, because it's you're so used to seeing women die in horror movies. Um. Yeah. So I I think yes, part of the fun of like female empowerment horror movies is watching guys die, men die. Yeah. So even though Ginger does die, she lives on. <laughs> the janitor also lives on. No, she kills the janitor. No, I know. But Ginger dies and she lives on, so I can't the side character I guess so. He lives on in my heart. <laughs> even though he was by far the creepiest person in the movie. No, you kept expecting him to be creepy because that was because Ginger kept saying like he's a creep and he just wasn't. He was just a guy who kept showing up at the wrong place. I thought he said something creepy. He didn't. G- oh. Ginger kept accusing him of, and he never does. Well, I mean, correct me if women, I'm wrong, but so. I, I mean, okay. <laughs> janitor, okay, the janitor at my school was so cool. Was he? Yeah, my high school. I, I loved him. No relationship. Oh, my God. In, have you ever seen another great good for her movie? Have you ever seen um Tragedy Girls? No. The janitor in Tragedy Girls is the killer from Too Many Cooks. Oh, my God. We should make a good for janitors podcast. <laughs> thanks for listening um i've been gabby Locke, and i'm livia rapaport this has been our good for her podcast on ginger snaps thank you to the anatomy of a scream pod squad for hosting us and natalie for doing audio for us and god (laughs) for doing um a video Got on the camera. What? I don't know. (laughs) I'm so tired. (laughs) The Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad.